Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. I'll be hosting this episode myself. I am a proven leader with over 23 years of diverse experience designing, delivering, and supporting software and technology projects. I believe in giving back to my community, and I enjoy networking and helping to grow Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Creatively, you will find me pursuing my passions of photography, podcasting, and woodworking, along with the occasional round of golf. Now join me as I have a chat with Bridget Legault. Let's get started. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I'm here with Bridget Legault, who is the new co-community manager for Rainforest Alberta. And I thought we'd take the opportunity to uh, grab her while she's brand new and get some thoughts from her. So hi, Bridget. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Al. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So um, now let's start with um, who is Bridget? Like, I'm looking a little bit through your uh, LinkedIn profile and you've had some cool jobs, but I want to know before that, what kind of, what kind of kid were you? Mm, interesting question. Um, I was a bossy kid, I think is what I've been told. <laughs> uh, I grew up in a family of uh, my parents were, well, they began careers as teachers, but um uh, only a few years into that, they became entrepreneurs. And so my parents owned several businesses in southwestern Saskatchewan, um, mainly focused in agriculture, though we were we were not farmers. Um, and so I was raised around, around that kind of uh, household. My parents were very ambitious and had a lot of fun with life. Uh, my dad was actually a clown on the side. And so um, nothing was taken too seriously. He's actually... Uh, recruited my eight-year-old to join his magic show. And so, um, yeah, they take magic very seriously, actually, the two of them. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, it was fun. I watched my parents work really hard, and we had a lot of fun growing up. We traveled a lot. And um, I think I was overall, uh, other than bo- other than bossy, I think um, I think I like to have, I like to have a lot of fun, too. Oh, that's so fun. That is really awesome. Um, and so with parents as uh, entrepreneurs, I guess that looking at your history, I guess that leads you into being an entrepreneur yourself or being involved in that side of business. Maybe maybe tell us a little bit about um, the first one I see on your LinkedIn is this Green Earth Organics Calgary. So you owned a really cool, I want to hear about that because I'm into organic growing and, mm-hmm. and organic food. So tell me yeah. a bit about that. Yeah, I was a a new mom then to my first uh, child. I have three kids and um, I don't know, eating organic and, um, you know, buying local sustainable food was just kind of taking off. And I wanted to get into my own business. And there was an entrepreneur actually at a Vancouver. So I I certainly can't take all the credit. Um, He had started Green Earth Organics in Vancouver and I purchased the first out and only Alberta location. And so we did organic grocery delivery. We have one major competitor who still exists and, and does quite well. And so we tried to battle that for a while. And it turned out that it was, um, 
I don't want to say a, a failure. It certainly was not that it was, it was a couple of in three or four so years of the best probably learning of my life. But, um, we, uh, we delivered groceries all over the Calgary area, organically grown from local farmers in Alberta, BC and beyond. We offered a lot of fair trade product. We didn't compromise on, on those values or quality. And so we had, we had a really great service, but the franchisor in Vancouver was not doing so well. Um, and yeah, long story short, we were made aware of that and we were very fortunate to find a buyer for our business uh, just in time and were able to recoup our investment. And I was able to help him relaunch under a new brand. And so it all worked out in the end, but it was great experience. Wow, you don't hear uh, you don't hear stories going that direction uh, very often. That's brilliant. Yeah, it was. I, I guess it was a combination of luck and resourcefulness, really, because we we worked really hard to to make that deal go through so that everyone was happy. The franchise were on well, somewhat happy on his end, myself and the buyer. So it it worked out. Nice. And I guess I, I guess I did sort of skip ahead a little bit. Um, what uh, what sort of um, uh, education and, and such did you you? Because I see you went to Mount Royal University and Royal Roads University, MBA, uh, applied business and entrepreneurship. So a lot of very focused stuff here. I see a, a, a sort of a trend in your history. Well, it's nice that you say focused because I'm certainly a, a self-proclaimed generalist. I know a lot about, a little about a lot of things, uh, a strong handful. I, I know enough to be dangerous, but I, I do consider myself a real generalist. I, I am currently taking my MBA. So that has been a, a really fun experience through Royal Roads. Um, but I went to Mount Royal I went to Mount Royal immediately after high school and was not ready for that kind of stage of my life. So I, I was also a radio announcer in my high school years. So I left, uh, I left college after one, one semester, went back to the radio station, thought, what will I do with myself? And I heard about a concierge school on the news in Montreal. So I actually went to Montreal, took that program. It brought me to Alberta, actually, to work in the Rocky Mountains and then later went back to Mount Royal. And I think I spent over a decade back at Mount Royal just <laughs> taking anything and everything. I love I love to learn. I love the school environment. And so I, I've got everything from at Mount Royal from a couple of degrees because they came, became a university when I was there. And it just so worked out with my credits and a few extra semesters, I could get two degrees and a cert- certification as a florist and a diploma in international trade. Wow. It was a, it was a decade of learning, that's for sure. That's so brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, a little about a lot of things. <laughs> that's cool. And then um, you spent a, a, a chunk of time at Momentum. What was it, mm. what was it like working with them? Yeah, that's it was really fulfilling work. I was really happy after I sold my uh, business to head over to Momentum, where I had actually taken a training program, an accelerator program uh, for my business previously. So I I knew enough about them. And Momentum works with people living on low income to gain sustainability in their livelihood through uh, financial literacy, uh, skills training, which now they've really taken a tech focus in that area, actually, and in entrepreneurship and social enterprise training. And so I worked in the latter uh, facilitating uh, training programs for entrepreneurs. Excellent. And then it looks like 
just before COVID, not by much, you uh, started distance education instructor at SAIT. Actually, yeah, that was last year or a year and a half ago. I'm not sure when I started doing that. Um, a while back, I had I have a few connections at SAIT, uh, colleagues, past colleagues and friends. And so I had became aware of the um, of the option to teach distance education uh, through their continuing ed at the School of Business. And so that was great. I got to teach some courses in sales and entrepreneurship, but I, I've taken a hiatus from that as I wrap up uh, my MBA here for the next six or seven months. Oh, right. Yeah. I imagine that's going to require some serious uh, effort and focus. Yeah. For sure. Too much. Cool. <laughs> So that brings us, unless there's another one you'd like to highlight in your history. I uh, hardly remember. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that brings you to being uh, the new co-community manager for Rainforest Alberta. So tell me a little bit about that journey. Yeah, well, I had been um, uh, partaking in the CIC in the Calgary um, Innovation Coalition. Actually, when I was at Momentum, I've, I've told a lot of people in the community this story now, but we were doing a benchmarking project on on uh, programming in the city. And I had reached out to, I believe it was to Platform and had attended some of Platform's programming to see what they were doing. They were very generous, generous in sharing what they were up to with their programming. And then through that, I, I think if I remember right, I was connected to the CIC and decided that um, on behalf of Momentum, we would join the CIC. And so I've been um, partaking in that for the past, it's been a year now, I think, just uh, just about a year. And so I was really enthralled with everything that was happening in innovation and just recognizing you know, this shift in our economy. And it had me really excited. The energy at the CIC meetings is um, really great, like to be able to throw an entrepreneur's problem amongst a room of, excuse me, <clears throat> so many people and have them triaged, triaged so quickly through, um, through the ecosystem was just like such a novel idea for me. I couldn't believe how, uh, how impactful that was. And so, yeah, I had been watching a, a little bit from the, the fringes for a while. And so when the opportunity came up with Rainforest, I was really, I was really happy to, um, to check it out. So what's your first little bit been like? So I know you've reached out to me and you've also reached out to mm -hmm. another bunch of, a bunch of other people. So you must have been having some pretty awesome conversations so far. I really have, Al. I actually just counted something like, I don't know, near 50, either one-on-one -on -one meetings, group meetings, or, um, or just events that I've been attending in the ecosystem in one, this one month, it's just been a month. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of zooming. <laughs> My eyes are quite tired, but, uh, but I've gained a lot of insight and I've gotten, it's been nice that I've been able to have that one-on-one -on -one time working virtually with people instead of just catching them for a few minutes here and there at a networking event. So I feel like I was able to, to start, you know, those, mm -hmm. uh, those relationships on a, on a good foot. And it's been really great. Everybody's been incredibly welcoming. There are so many exciting things happening in the ecosystem it's really it's incredible from you know from a newcomer's perspective yeah for sure um do you have any highlights like um if for someone who's maybe just just sort of gotten into the ecosystem or um or maybe they've did drifted away for a while because they got busy or whatever is do you have any highlights that you think would be good to touch on that is a really interesting question and i'm kind of trying to go back in my memory bank 
truly and really every every conversation has been really insightful in in different ways like based on the history of you know say the last under a decade of the sector kind of taking off um, to what's happening in post-secondary education one one thing that initially right off the bat really struck me was this shift in the in the labor uh, force in Alberta and uh, we all, as we all know, with the economy the way it is, and oil and gas shifting the way it is, uh, I was really. Um, well, I think one of my first conversations was with you and learning about some of the programming that's out there um, at Evolve U and now at State and Lighthouse Labs. Is yep. it? So I was uh, really blown away by how much is out there for people if they want to pivot their career, which. Uh, I think because of the era I come from, which is on that bit of a the cusp of uh, millennials where we, you know, like internet came around as I was in university, like there's that gap of skills, right, for people in my age group. And so I find it really, really interesting that there's so much programming out there and I wish more people knew about them. So that that will be part of my mission with Rainforest. Nice, nice. Um I think I want to touch on a little bit about uh, you. You sound like you might be someone who speaks very highly of networking. And uh, <laughs> most people who know me, uh, it's a pretty strong um, uh, passion of mine. It's become um, what are your what are your thoughts on networking? Because sometimes I get people say, um, well, I, I you know, I've, I've been to a number of events or what have you, and I wasn't able to get a job <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, um, or, uh, yeah, I have attended a few events and I met some pretty cool people, but, uh, I just don't have a lot of time for this. Um, what, what do you think? I, yeah, you know, it's funny when I joined, um, my cohort in Victoria for the MBA program, everybody was laughing at me because I had already added everyone on LinkedIn before having met them, which is a little more common now, uh, you know, during COVID, but, but not as much then. I, I, I don't know. I think that my view on networking has changed a little. Like I think any, even any good extrovert will have that sense of hesitancy when networking and that imposter syndrome of, you know, do I, do I fit in here? Do they want to talk to me? Is this the right person? I think I've, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not that old, but I think in my, as I've aged a little, <laughs> I have just kind of done away with, maybe it's because I'm entering my forties here soon. Okay, I'll just age myself, I guess. Um, I don't know, maybe just start to care less about what people think and more about, um, just offering value to others. And I think that's a big part of it is giving a lot of, uh, you know, giving in those, uh, networking circumstances and not, just going to get something. And that's where, uh, relationships in my, uh, in my history have really flourished. I'd have to agree with you hundred percent. Uh, my, my big sales or not sales pitch, my big, uh, I stand up on my uh, soapbox and I tell people that, that, well, networking takes a lot of time. Um, you have to dig the well before you're thirsty. Totally. Uh, these are a lot of my sort of sayings that everybody's probably <laughs> giggling about right now that's listening to this. Um, but I'll say it's not transactional. Totally. Uh, you, you try, you try to give before you receive. Um, but I think what, uh, what's really important is uh, someone like you who, who has really used networking 
whether you whether you're fully aware of it or not, you've used networking to kind of weed your way through the entire ecosystem, and you you sort of know everybody who's part of it now, and you've and you know what's going on in all the different uh, areas with the CIC and with Rainforest and with probably with Startup Calgary and some of the other organizations. You've probably been talking to everybody. Um, it gives you a, a totally different view of. Alberta in general, I think it's, um, it's kind of like, uh, when I was doing a lot more photography than I do now, um, I was very involved with the fashion industry in Calgary and you get people go, there's a fashion industry in Calgary. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, well, when you're dialed into it, yeah, there's a huge fashion industry in Calgary. It's not like Montreal or of course, but, um, it's there. And same with the, the technology, the innovation ecosystem in, in Alberta, um, you get people who maybe are, you know, in oil and gas or whatever, they don't really realize there is one. And then the second you get dialed into Rainforest or Startup Calgary or Calgary Economic Development or whatever, all of a sudden you realize all these things that are going on. Um, and it's like, holy moly, there's really a huge uh, industry here, you know, burgeoning or whatever that word is. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. I just used that word exactly as I was kind of capturing my notes from the month. So it's really interesting that you say that. And just so you know, I'm, I'm going to steal that um, the the saying about the well, <laughs> digging the well before, because I, I wrote that down when you and I spoke actually. But um, yeah, I, I 100% agree. And it's been one of my biggest observations, I think, especially kind of coming from, I wouldn't say entirely the outside, but um I, I wasn't so immersed as as people in the ecosystem are, and I think that is a a huge um, challenge for us now moving forward is to be able to to broadcast this message that you know innovation is here and it is happening, and I I really feel the energy, especially when talking to women in the sector and young people who approached me saying, "Oh, you're you know you're the community manager, can we just chat?" Sure, I like I obviously love to do that. So, um, it's, it's been really interesting to me how though very few know who are outside of the ecosystem, what, what is happening within. So definitely a challenge for everyone to keep getting out there and, and shouting it loud and proud. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, what do you think, um, what do you think is one of the really strengths of the rainforest in general in, in Alberta? Cause you're an expert on rainforest right now. Right. My one month. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, I think one thing that has been brought back to my attention specifically by, you know, leaders in the community is that rainforest was created to foster that culture. And um, so many, when I'm talking to them, go back to the social contract and talk about those tenets of trust and diversity and paying it forward and listening and honesty and, I, I think it's been really cool to see that people really do live by this contract. Um, and I mean, no one's no, no person or, or ecosystem or community is perfect, but it certainly is something most live and breathe. And that's been pretty cool to see. Uh, and I, yeah, I look forward to, to, to being a part of that and continuing to, to foster that culture because it, it, from my perspective so far seems to be our, our main role in all of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you most excited about? I think kind of how we, t- what we touched on earlier about 
somehow, some way, building a strategy to, to, to tell the story, to tell people's stories more. We talk about storytelling a lot. I, I think so far in my, one, my one month here, I mean, storytelling is just, I think, on trend everywhere in business. But um, I think not so much necessarily people's stories that have been in the community, but just the fact that innovation is accessible and there's so much programming out there that is often free, if not close to free, that you can come with an idea. We had, we, you know, we hosted with uh, Startup Calgary, the um, um, Startup Hour and, or what, I always mix this up. Pitches, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drinks, Startup, yeah, yeah. all startup, of those great things. <laughs> startup Pitch Drinks. <laughs> <Butchering it>. um, <laughs> yes, something like that. Anyway, people just coming with their problem and being able to, you know, throw a problem out there and everybody brainstorm and um, talk about so problems and solutions. And that's, you know, that's kind of the essence of where innovation starts. And I, it's happening everywhere. So I think if more people could know, that's that's something I'm really excited about, about attempting uh, in the coming months. <laughs> Excellent. And with, with all the, um, the study and experience uh, as a business person, as an entrepreneur, as um, what, what do you think is changed um, dramatically over like recently over say 20 years ago in, uh, in the business world uh, from what you, from your vi- view of things anyways? That's a good question too. I think something that I really recognize, I mean, outside of innovation and I recognize that, uh, I don't remember word for word, but I know, I know the definition we use for an entrepreneur here in this ecosystem is not really the same as I use outside of the ecosystem, which is any, you know, person running or operating or starting their own business, not necessarily the, you know, some new brand new idea, but just running any main street operation or whatever it might be. And I think that something that I'm really recognizing, especially throughout COVID and, you know, with baby boomers getting close to retirement and them owning so many of these small and medium businesses that keep our economy going is, is that technology has to be embraced and, and has to be brought into all businesses. And if not, sadly, it's, it's, it'll be their demise. And, and that's not for every single business out there for sure, but for the majority. And so um, in a way that's exciting in a way, I think it's a bit scary, um, for, for really, you know, small and micro businesses, but there's a lot of good programming coming out now, which I've just been made aware of, uh, especially this month. I've actually been digging for it for probably a good year or so through my work at, uh, with entrepreneurs and at momentum and, um, and then some other work I do, but I'm finding now that the programming is, uh, it's emerging, it's coming out and hopefully will help business owners weather the storm what a storm though hey no kidding (laughs) no kidding yeah Um, no kidding if you had uh one one or two tidbits of advice for somebody who is thinking about starting a business what would you tell them i think um well i think the first one would be don't sell yourself short no, don't be scared. Put yourself out there. And the more you do, the more it will come your way. I think that's something my dad as an entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneur, he, he um, instilled in me, that man puts himself out there to, 
anyone standing within a two feet radius of him or maybe now two <laughs> meter radius. <laughs> I'm sure he's not respecting social distancing actually. Uh, <laughs> so that's probably one thing I, I learned from him and definitely try to, uh, try to live um, and, and hope others do too, not to be scared. And I guess maybe a second thing would be in business, make sure there's a need for the solution you're offering because so many times we've, I've seen entrepreneurs who think they they're onto something and they care deeply, but nobody else does <laughs> or very few. And I think every, yeah, anyone who works with entrepreneurs knows that story, but um, just to drive that home, like make sure you do that due diligence or, or you'll, it'll be all for naught. That's very, very good advice. And I think, uh, software developers like myself have that, they suffer from that. I, oh, I got an idea and then hack, 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 I'm going to build this application and then everybody's going to love it. And then, you know, crickets, crickets, crickets. And you're like, <laughs> what? what, why is nobody want to use my software? Well, it's because you didn't determine whether, you know, people would actually have a need for it. You know, it's, it's a cool piece of software, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, Al, now that I know a little bit more about what's happening in the tech world, I, I really want to get in the heads of software developers. <laughs> I feel like that's a whole other world. We're an odd bunch, for sure. <laughs> Actually, I always laugh so hard. Um, back in, was it the 80s? Back in the 80s, there was um, a movie called Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. And uh, it's it's actually it's actually pretty funny to watch because... Uh, they, they had the nerd in that movie was the real nerd with the pe- pocket protector and the whole kind of a thing. But, <laughs> yeah. um, it's really funny because, uh, nerds are, are really different, you know, we call them geeks nowadays, but geeks are a very different culture. Like we have a, um, and, and, and I'll wear that hat fairly proudly that, you know, we have a, a vision that, that anything can be fixed and, and anything can be done. You just have to go ahead and go, go do it. And, and, you know, and we, we may not have all the social cues and, uh, and, you know, we may not be good at football, but uh, <laughs> boy, we got ideas and we're ready to go out there and we like people and, you know, we may not want to be around people, but we like people. <laughs> and <laughs> It's a, it's a fun, uh, it's a fun kind of a group. And uh, as people, uh, you know, as you know, I work with Evolve U and uh, we have people pivoting their careers from oil and gas and uh, and other er- other areas. And um, they're becoming computer people. They're becoming programmers. And it's really interesting when you see someone, you know, figure something out and then all the lights go on in their eyes and they're like, this is great. Oh, I, this is so much fun. I'm really, do- you know, enjoying this. And yeah. Um, and, and they're basically just becoming honorary geeks at that moment, right? And, You're like, uh, yes, we yeah, one another over. We want another one. Yeah. So. Oh, that's so awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's a, great. It's, a, it's an interesting industry. And you're right. I mean, not every single new business requires software. Uh, like it's not necessarily a software solution, but uh, technology in general. I mean, I think back to... I think it's episode number two of the podcast where I interviewed uh, Amanda Hall from Summit Nanotech. And, um, you know, she's using chemistry and she's using nanotechnology to pull lithium out of brine. Is it brine water or whatever from uh, from the, the, the mining industry in that? And, um, 
you know, she doesn't specifically have any major software requirements for her project, although uh, they may end up being there at some point. But, um, you know, she she's innovating and, and technology is a is a hundred percent part of her 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 solution. And, um, you know, even in the oil and gas industry, like I, I, I like to think that and, and I may be I may be a little bit wrong here, but when when the oil and gas industry was booming like crazy in Alberta uh, years ago, um, it it cost um, it cost a certain amount of money to get the oil out of the ground and into a barrel. And there was so much money to be made by those barrels of oil that optimizing that process to get more oil or out or, or get the oil out more efficiently wasn't really that big of a, of a deal because everybody was making money. There was lots of oil coming out and there's lots of demand for it. And it was great. Nowadays, uh, you, you know, you, you, ch- the, the world has changed and the price per barrel of oil has gone way, way down. And now all of a sudden everybody's looking back towards ways of making it more efficient to get the oil out of the ground and into the barrel or however, you know, that all works. Cause I'm not an oil guy, but, but you can see that technology is now playing a much, much larger role in, in that process. Right. And um, looking for efficiencies and looking for new ways of doing things and new technologies to make that, that a better process and environmentally, right. Uh, environmentally now is really a big, um, passion or not passion, but, um, motivator for companies. Um, and it's all about technology and, uh, you know, there's, there's downsides to technology, but, um, there's, a, I think personally, there's a lot more upsides to technology than there is downsides, but we need to, we need to mirror it with that or, or merge it with that sort of green initiatives and, and making sure that now that we know what we're doing, we need to do it in a more efficient way that's safer and better for the environment and all that. So it all just, it's all just coming together and, and just needs to be managed in a, in such a way that um, uh, it's the best for everybody instead of just the best for someone's pocketbook, I guess. Yeah. hundred, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. That balance is tough to achieve, but definitely needed. So um Going forward, so when uh, when I first talked to you about uh, your your new role with Rainforest, you 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 really seemed like you were taking the bull by the horns and you were gonna get in there and do something. So what's your what's your vision for for what's next? What's Rainforest gonna look like in in the future? If you can tell us anything, hmm, that's a good question. I think I'm I'm. I'm more or less just, you know, bringing all of my ideas together, all of my observations, I should say, together. And from that are are, uh, several ideas of different initiatives or programming that we could um, evolve into. I think one thing that I've really recognized is that Rainforest's role in in the community and the ecosystem has shifted considerably since its inception six or seven years ago or whatever that might be. Um, And so what does it mean going forward? I think the safest answer to that at the moment is time will tell. We'll see what the next few months brings. I bring, I definitely have some ideas and um, well, Courtney has great programming happening for uh, specifically lunch without lunch happening here over the next few months. Um, the themed, uh, lunches have just been great with lots of expert panels and, 
and things and uh, sorry and conversations happening there so so i think that's going to be great taking us through to the end of 2020 and i 21 I, i'm hoping will look a little different as the i mean the world doesn't stay the same so we'll see where things go <laughs> that was a round that, that was a good the safe political answer there. The, i don't know i don't know well i have lots of ideas let's just say that um there's so much only so much capacity uh amongst uh you know uh courtney and myself so we'll see where things go we'll see yes yeah and you know what that might be a really really great really really good segue into suggesting that people get involved yes and that you know uh, don't be one of those people who says you should do this. You should do that. You should do this. Say, Hey, how can I help? You know? Yes. And you know, some of these initiatives are, uh, um, the burden is on someone to come up with not only to come up with the idea, but actually to start implementing it and helping out where they can. And I think from a networking, we talked about networking earlier from a networking perspective. I mean, if you're actually involved with something, the networking gets even easier because you have an excuse to talk to somebody. You don't have to try and think of an opening line totally. uh, and uh, being involved and in being one of those go-to people uh, makes you uh, recognizable in the industry already. So it's, it's a brilliant way of uh, bringing, bringing the whole networking back around to helping out and, and learning more and meeting new people and, yeah, that's a really good point because I mean, I say Courtney and I, but it, I think what's been really cool to observe in the rainforest, especially is that so many people like yourself who just take um, ownership of, of projects and, and work in the community. And that's been really cool to see. It's this, um, it's totally like a, a, a you know, a, a flat in the sense that everybody just plays their role. And uh, a lot of startups and stuff have reached out to, to see how they can become more involved. And so I think, uh, I think there's potential for some exciting, exciting things to happen. I'd agree with you for sure. I think, um, with platforms, new development, uh, there's going to be a lot of really interesting things happening in that building. Uh, and Very. a lot of partnerships, uh, with organizations all working together to, to make this e ecosystem grow, you know, exponentially. Um, it's, it's an exciting time to be in Albertan and it's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world, but if you focus on what's happening here in Alberta in the innovation ecosystem, you can have a lot of positive uh, conversations for sure. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. It, the, the energy is real <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's happening. That's brilliant. Cool. Well, um, Bridget, I wanted to thank you so, so uh, much and to, for being gracious to, uh, to, for me to grab you on such short notice uh, to make this episode. And uh, I encourage everyone uh, to uh, sit down and think about uh, per perhaps being a host on the Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast, because it's a lot of fun, isn't it, Bridget? It has been a lot of fun. Thanks, Al. <laughs> it really has. Excellent. And we're always looking for guests as well. And we're, we're definitely uh, welcome to invite new hosts. So reach out and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bridget. Thank you, Al. All right. Have a good, a good one, everyone. Cheers. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social-barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. 
This episode is brought to you by Community Now Magazine. Engage, inspire, educate together. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>